Great to have Liz New here today, isn't it? And great to hear from her. Do come along and be part of this evening if you, if you can do so. Let's start our message this morning with one bit of one verse from Luke 12 and from verse 48. And it says this, From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. We're starting a new series today, but there's a bit of it that is not new. It's history. And in particular, within this whole series, it's, it's our history, if you're part of this church. And if you're visiting or considering our church, it's good to know that. Some of you, of course, will know all of this, but let's explain some of it just so that we're all on the same page. This title, Where Do We Grow From Here, represents a theme and a group of messages that I'm currently taking to bring encouragement and challenge to Baptist churches and Baptist ministers and their regions and associations and their training colleges around the country at the moment. And so it just seems hypocritical to take it everywhere else and not bring it here. Can you imagine the kind of irony of that? And they say to us, so how is your church responding to the where do we grow here message? And me saying, oh, no, I'm not saying it to them. <laughs> it's not for them. It's not for us to do in my church. It's for everywhere else. That would be ridiculous. We're a Baptist church and we're part of a grouping of 2,000 Baptist churches in Great Britain that are part of the Baptist Union of Great Britain or Baptists Together, as some churches say. And within this grouping, there's a role called the president. And our long story short version is that as a church, we prayerfully considered the possibility that I would stand for this role. And then I did stand and I was elected to the role and I have the privilege of becoming the president of Baptist Together or the Baptist Union of Great Britain in just under two weeks' time. I'm currently the vice president. And it's a significant commitment for our church to take this on. It takes me away from CBC and a role that I love for 50% of my time in this coming year. And it's meant adjustments in what I get involved in and what I don't get involved in, and adjustments for the rest of the leaders and the staff team in particular too. Extra roles for them and extra time. It's one of the things we're looking at in our church meeting to vote and agree some extra hours for Ellen. The key thing is this though, that we didn't do this for the privilege and for the status of the role. We did it to bring encouragement and challenge about mission in our grouping of churches. And we made it really clear when we were standing for this post, when I was standing for this post, that I had an agenda. That if I was elected, there was a message on which I was elected, which is to bring a missional challenge. That the times that we're in are so missionally challenging that it requires us to bring our creative best. And we recognised that this would be Sue and I on the road in various places, 20% of my time in this last year, 50% of my time in the main year, and 20% of our time in the outgoing year. And we stood saying that it would be this missionally challenging time, and that that was the message that we would bring. And we were very clear that we don't have all of the answers at all in our church, in CBC, but that we found one or two things to be key. So some of the things that we're doing when we go elsewhere is taking some of our stories. Not so many as to be arrogant 
and not so little as to be just theory in what we're saying and as though we just have nothing to bring. As a president, you get to create a theme and so I badged all of those thoughts together under the title, Where Do We Grow From Here? So when it all starts at this annual gathering called the Baptist Assembly in just under a fortnight, I get to give a couple of seminars, I get to give a Bible study, Ellen's giving a Bible study as well. Uh, most importantly, Sue and I would get prayed for, and I have the privilege also of commissioning and praying for all those ministers who've, and, and missionaries actually from BMS World Mission who've qualified and are starting in their ministry this year. That's a fantastic thing to do. And I get five minutes plus a short clip um, on the main stage to convey my theme. So I thought what we would do is we would practice and time that now, if that's okay, everybody. <laughs> so I've, I've brought me my phone up with a stopwatch on because I'm just interested in how long this takes, do you understand? Imagine that this is all happening. We're on the kind of Baptist Assembly stage. I'm looking like I am now, except maybe wearing a jacket. And <laughs> they've said some opening words to introduce me. I think they are some commissioning words afterwards rather than just before. I think that's the way it works. So let's imagine that that's exactly what happens. It's a huge privilege to serve Baptist Together this year. Stay with my PowerPoint for now, please, thank you. Um, your prayers are appreciated and they're desperately needed. Just to introduce myself, there's a bit on the website that does that and you can follow that if you want to. But I'm the Senior Minister of Chichester Baptist Church. I've served here there for 23 years. I'm married to Sue and we have two now adult children. Our General Secretary in a moment will ask me some commissioning questions which will end with this question. Will you diligently in service faithfully offer inspiration and encouragement and bring support and pray for us all to enable us to grow healthy churches in relationship for God's mission? If you're going to take that seriously, I would love as many churches as possible to engage with the question that I'm bringing, where do we grow from here? I'm grateful that I have bookings to get to as many churches and associations as I can. But we've also made some resources available online to help churches get involved. There's a website which you can use, and it's on the Baptist Together website as well. And for those who do Twitter and Facebook, there are links there too, which have regular posts, which give stories and illustrations so that you can continue to engage with this story. At Ken and Ben on Twitter, Facebook, dot com forward slash Ken and Ben. Firstly, I think we need to engage with a couple of what if questions as a grouping of churches. And the first is this. What would things be like for our denomination, for our group of churches, if we simply keep doing what we're doing, or even try to do it a little bit better, in the next 10 or 20 years? I need to be theologically correct there and add if revival doesn't happen and if the Lord doesn't return. I believe both things are possible. But barring those two things, we know from our research that our churches are not likely to grow overall, that we are not likely to see growing numbers come to faith in Jesus, and we're not likely to attract a growing number from the younger generations. And we can't be okay with that happening on our watch when it need not be so. 
It's therefore worth asking the question, where do we grow from here? And there are some short videos that you can link to, again, via the Baptist Union website, or if you want the direct link, baptist.org.uk forward slash WDWGFH, which has to be the only abbreviation I can think of that's longer than the actual words <laughs> to say, where do we grow from here? Basically, we're asking the question, can you take those words and pray them? Where do we grow from here? Then can you look beyond that at the word we and take it personally and include our grouping of churches? Can we then look at here and take a realistic look at where here is? When we've done that, can we then look at growth and say we mean real growth rather than just transfer growth, that the Lord does growth? not us, but we might be called to create the right circumstances for it. And then when we've done that, we can look at where. And in my church, we've seen some growth, and a couple of things have been key for us. One of which is emphasising whole life discipleship, equipping people for wherever they are throughout their week. And there are some new resources available, and they will be there at assembly, and the stewards will give them out to you straight away afterwards to do with Frontline Sundays, some that you could take straight away and use in your church. Also in our church, we found it really valuable to create some alternative gatherings with the aim to reach people who foreseeably wouldn't come to any other church in our locality. I suspect what we come up with together will be a wide variety that... that, represents our diversity as a grouping of churches. But here's the second what if question. What if we worked together on this for a period of time, for our year, prayed for it, worked at where it might take us? Could we believe that there might be a real momentum shift for the better as we go for some bold experiments? My prayer is that we would see some growth from some surprising places. We're going to show you a short video clip now, and that's one bit of one of the videos that introduces this theme more fully. So that was 4 minutes 50, if you're wondering, and it would give me time at the end to say, please, if you feel able, take this question and this prayer and this challenge with the resources back to your home church. The story of those videos is that we've been on the road already during this year. First of all, we went to Leeds. The first person we visited was Liz New, which was great to do that. The second place we went to was Stafford, and it happened to be a church who had somebody who had a professional studio. And so they just said, well, if you want to, you could stay on the Monday and record some videos. We didn't really feel that ready to do that, but we thought we're never going to get that opportunity again. So we asked the people here to pray, and we spent the morning recording eight short videos. Roger's done some great work creating some small group um, studies that go with it. They all start with a Bible uh, reading verse, um, a passage to read. And we hope and pray that will be a way that other people can engage with it. One of the readings in those series of videos, the first one is Luke 12 and verse 48 that I started with. And I find Luke 12 hard, and so I like this commentator's summary. Luke 12 is a collection of thoughts not as joined up as we ask for in most sermons. I found that a relief when I read that because I've read Luke 12 several times and tried to make some cohesive sense of what it's saying and it is a variety of different things. In many ways it's different warnings. I'm a bit echoey at the moment here at this end. I don't know if there's anything going on there. Um, Sayings and teaching uh, the wrong things. There's warnings about that and hypocrisy. And then there's warnings about um, worrying about the wrong things. 
You see that in Luke 12. If you've got it open, you might be able to follow these with me if you want to. And to trust in God as well. And then there's warnings actually about acknowledging the wrong things in the sense that we don't acknowledge our knowing about Jesus and the hope and help he offers. And then there's warnings about wanting the wrong things and about greed. And then Jesus tells a greed-related parable about storing up the wrong things, treasures on earth, as it were, and somebody who stores it up and that isn't what they're going to live to enjoy, and then doing the wrong things. The servant not thinking through the implications of his actions, that the master who he's serving will return and see whether this servant has been doing what, G, what, what the master asked of him. At the end of all of that, Peter asks a question. He says, Lord, are you telling this parable for us or for everyone else? And my reading of that is, Peter might be saying that, but he might also be saying, Lord, that parable and everything else you've just said, what was that about, really? And asking for some wider explanation. And part of the answer Jesus gives is that, from verse 47, the servant who knows his master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten by many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten by fewer blows. Difficult bit to understand. But definitely giving the idea that there are implications for us eternally from following what Jesus says. And then the bit which is clearer to understand, which we can base a lot on, from everyone who's been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who's been trusted, uh, from the one who's been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. So when it gets to our verse, those who've been given much are not necessarily those who've got resources and money and unity, though it could include that. They're those who know some of the will of God and are trying to apply that and put it into action. That's who that refers to. Our story here, um, my story as serving this church that I love, is that I, I went into church ministry because I really found church boring, if I'm honest. And yet I believed what church was about and what, what the message was. So I felt that if we could just create things that were credible and interesting and relevant, people would come. And seven years into being here, we did see some people come. And, and it was brilliant, but it became a, a little bit restless about the fact that still there were huge numbers that were never going to come, even if we were, what we were doing were, was interesting and relevant. It just wasn't for them, and they wouldn't come and find out in the first place, and we couldn't be okay with that. So on a sabbatical, I, I went and explored churches who were trying imaginative and creative ways of reaching out. It was really helpful. At some point in that, somebody asked me, so is what you're doing, Ken to go away on sabbatical, come back and write the new chapter in your church's life. And I said, no, I can't write the new chapter in my church's life. That would be arrogant. That's not how Baptist churches work. But I might write the new paragraph, I said, and let our church write the new chapter. And I meant that as just an illustration. But the more that sabbatical went on, you can be creative in sabbaticals, the more that they went on, the more I wrote it as a literal paragraph. And that was the starting point for the journey that we've been on exploring new ways of reaching out. So um, let's have a look at this paragraph. It's a collection of thoughts, not as joined up as we see in most sermons, that, para that passage, but here's the opening paragraph. When you have the message of hope for people, hope for now and forever, when you have so much in terms of people and space and money and values and unity, 
when your main ways having great effect for some but little effect for many, when you don't have to drop all the main ways that have some effect to try new ways, when what matters is the original messenger more than the cherished ways of conveying his message, when your aim is to find out what pleases God and go for it wholeheartedly, when it's okay to try things and fail sometimes and learn and move on, when he promises to come with us in power and guide us by his spirit, when we hit on what it means to try things in his name, then what follows carries with it responsibility, opportunity, and adventure. And we just felt that that was where we were at. We have all those things, and therefore we were called to this journey of responsibility, opportunity, and adventure. When you have the message of hope for people, hope for now and forever, is our starting point. We have the message of hope in Jesus and what he offers through forgiveness and access to God and purpose and that it's needed now and for all eternity. When you have so much in terms of people and money and values and unity was and is our blessed position. But here's the thing, you see, when I take this to a variety of other churches, some churches nod at that and say, absolutely, that's us. And therefore, we should be on this journey too. And other churches are just about to disown any responsibility and say, well, we don't have that. So it'll be for churches who have that to be called to this mission. And then you need this verse in Luke. Because what it's saying is we are all those who've been given much. If I was rewriting this now for all churches, it wouldn't be about money and values and unity. It would be when you have so much in terms of what God has given you. But some of us are blessed with more than that. And over and above, we have unity and money and values and resources. And we shouldn't take that for granted. That gives us some extra responsibility, I'm sure. And I'd call on us as best we can to do all we can to maintain the unity that we enjoy here. It helps us to do what we're doing when we're away and this mission in the UK wider. Please do all we can to maintain that. When your main ways are having great effect for some but little effect for many, it points us to the bigger picture of the majority of people who aren't in any church in our city right now. When you don't have to drop all the main ways that have some effect to try new ways. So we're still doing what we're doing. But we've been called to create some of these alternative gatherings, for example, that Calvin mentioned at the start. And we appointed Ellen to help lead us in our church, looking creatively and imaginatively at mission, as well as being a key minister in the life of our church. When your aim is to find out what pleases God and go for it wholeheartedly, when it's okay to try things and fail sometimes and learn and move on. Is it about exploration and humbly seeking and about learning lessons along the way? And when he promises to come with us in power and guide us by his spirit, when we hit on what it means to try things in his name, points to the fact that praying in his name isn't just a formula, but is a journey of finding out the will of God and praying into that. And then responsibility, opportunity and adventure is the journey that we've been on. And we're not finished with that journey, of course. We have to continue with it too. But we maybe have some things that we can point other people to and help with. Our Bible is full of illustrations, of course, that help with the growth story too. So much of 
what Jesus commissions us to, implies growth. If you send 11 people out to all the world, there's some growth implied <clears throat> in that illustration as well. I was reading Acts 11 recently, and there's growth there in the church, in the beginning of Acts, another account from Luke. And part of the growth is a bit disturbing because it's new people coming. In their case, it's Gentiles coming into the church as well. And Peter has to process that. But then so does everybody else. And there are some brilliant growth lessons there too. Peter has to relearn some things he's assumed about church. And he has to pray it through and ask God what it is that he's explaining to him. And then other people don't get it, and he has to explain it to them too. And he says in his own prayer, surely not, about something God is asking him to do, and then he changes his mind when God has explained things more fully and shown him. We can learn from that, that when the church really grows, it also really changes. And that much of that change might be uncomfortable. And that guidance is needed along the way, and that comes from prayer, in Peter's case, and from the Holy Spirit, in Peter's case, and ours, and prayer too, and God's prompting, and questioning, and listening, and theological reflection, actually, is what they're doing together. So the lessons for other churches are, let's be ready and willing to change our methods without compromising on our message. That's what we're saying as we go to other places. Let's be ready to passionately explain what we're doing and why, to, and let's do so to achieve as much unity as possible if we're called to change things. And if we do all of those things, it'll be this kind of win-win thing. New people are saved and new horizons are opened. But this hasn't stopped being a lesson for us here, has it? We still go on needing this lesson too. We have some challenges of growth here too, right, right at the moment, to do with uh, lack of space. <clears throat> We've got space right now, but at the beginning of the service, we, we kind of haven't, and we definitely haven't out of the back. Many of you don't see that, but we're in our different kids' groups. Wonderful problem to have, wonderful problem to have, but nevertheless, it's a problem. And if you're a parent, you know that some kids like that squash and some really don't, and it's a tense time in the corridor, and all of that. And so we have to prayerfully consider what our next moves will be. There's an item on the church meeting agenda this Wednesday to consider one possible option, which is looking at the fact that we have a huge number of people now, and we didn't before, a growing number who live in Bosham and Southbourne and Emsworth and the surrounding areas. So is God calling us to do something creative and imaginative there? If so, we don't have all the answers to what it will look like, but it might be part of our responsibility and opportunity and adventure. Please don't pre-guess that and go creating rumours of what it will and won't be. <clears throat> we genuinely discern things together as a church. But it means that at least this, in a time when I wouldn't necessarily be choosing to create new things as we're away 50% of the time, though totally trusting the people who are leading here, it means we can stand with some integrity saying we're still on this journey ourselves. We still believe that the message of hope that we have is so vital that we can't be okay with holding the fort when it looks healthy and full. Because the greater need is still out there. For all of us, it's worth giving thanks for the journey that we've been on 
and prayerfully looking forward. We are all those to whom much has been given. And we're therefore all those to whom much will be required. Let's pray. Again, if the band want to come up and be ready to lead us on, that'd be great. As we pray, maybe something in that paragraph, if you've been around a while, you've heard it before. Um, If you knew today or reasonably knew, you've maybe never seen it, maybe something jumps out at you and you want to give thanks to God for what you have in him. Thank you that we don't have to drop all the main ways that are having some effect to try new ways. Thank you that that's been part of our story. Thank you that we have so much mostly in knowing the, some of the will of God to follow it, which is what that passage points us to, and then specifically here in terms of people and space and money and values and unity. Help us to be people who go for it wholeheartedly. Help us to continue to be people who are okay trying things that may or may not work and learn and move on. Let this be a healthy place to experiment for the sake of reaching those who don't yet know you and helping others to grow in you. And let this not be a general application for the whole church. Let it start with me. Let it start with us. Where do I grow from here, Lord? Prompt me. Amen.